The Captain of the Thames, Part 2 We were standing on the topmost balcony at Crabtree's famed riverside dwelling. Our view from this breezy crow's nest vantage point gave us a deeply thought-provoking view of our dear old River Thames as it moved in grey, oily swirls and gentle ripples past us on its endless ancient voyage to the great English sea. Passing Tilbury, Canvey Island, Shubri Ness and beyond, to the rusting, grim, skeletal forms that sat like the planktai of the Red Sands forts. These had been the site of one of Crabtree's most anomalous explorations into a breakaway collective of Russian and British experimental scientists, whose revolutionary, untried and somewhat beyond normally approved procedures sought to combine X-ray invisibility and telekinesis. This misplaced experimentation concluded in a catastrophic and shockingly horrific obliteration of all the research team and a national and continental radio blackout that lasted for three days. Now, though, we took in the present moment. The cake was finished, our glasses refueled from a fresh brace of bottles of Chiswick Waters Director's Blend, we waited in stillness as the warm, lofty airs and far-off waves of traffic and London life whispered high and low like a neap tide. Crabtree's old railway clock, a Joyce of Whitchurch Special Atomic Warproof Edition, retrieved from the now disused but still accessible via mole-like twisting mazes of tunnels and spiral staircases, known only to a few, British Museum Station, dicked in precise and sharply brittle peals of almost sing-song brilliance. I unwittingly now found myself hearing in its complex simplicity and pattern an accompanying rhythm to our French professor's latest excursions and rambles into supernova light waves and Paleolithic cave art and astronomy. Terry, the distance from Alpha Centauri is not so great compared to the distance in our minds to travel from a picture in Lascaux to a diagram of a washing machine or telephone. You see, but you say, where is the evidence? Where is the rationale? I say, all around before your very eyes, my friend. We all see the moon, oui? But we do not see her dark side. But the ancients knew of it. And from my calculations, I have here for study, we can replicate and prove my concept. I'm determined we shall reveal this veracity, mon ami. Crabtree was now reclined on a blood-red chaise lounge, the translucent mantle of yellow and turquoise tumbling clouds that curled snake-like from his post-tea-time curiosity frere bespoke hand-rolled cigarette, enriched with a generous allowance of hashish oil, floated then sank onto the old oak floor like an October mist. From this recumbent position he now outlined his own position on our guests' musings and philosophies. Professor, your creative and analytical deduction are on a line with some of my own. As you know, my recent admittance to the Royal Society, the great invisible college of natural philosophers, would not without a certain level of disapproval. Those impediments are our objective in this fresh assignment I have conceived for us. Ah, Terry, you have a plan, oui, to get to the truth of our questions. I have calculations here that will prove our solar system is now aligned for a, how you say, paradigm shift. 
Nothing will remain as it was. Am I correct, Major? He was right. Right. Bloody well right. I saw it all now. It was as crystal clear as a bloody crystal, and as solid a fact as anything I could lay claim to know as a reliable truth. That musical chime and his broken batterings of English now formed one entire all-encompassing reality that filled the old drink study, the balcony, and poured onwards to the horizon in a beam of butterfly wings of golden fire that popped into brilliant rays of kaleidoscopic patterns and a burst like a sky of fireworks into a new song that became an ear-scouring, high-pitched whistle that suddenly shattered my concentration. Time, gentlemen, please, your glasses, if you would. Crabtree's timely intervention with his Force 10 Wembley referee whistle brought about a jarring but necessary return to earth and our senses. By George, Crabber's old friend, that crazy cake is fearsome fodder for the old brain cells. Shall we take a minute to reconvene back in reality? My inquiry caused a chuckle of delight in Crabtree. Major, we have passed from one reality to another. There is no fixable state. This was, as I knew from old experience, about the only reasonable thing to hope for. Professor, Major, we have a long night of hard and highly precarious work ahead of us. Our departure from Chiswick must, we can be assured, mean a return. No matter what exposés we are subject to, or what impossible revelations we unearth, we go as one, and will return as one. Gentlemen, to the river! By God, it was like St Crispin's Day in the old place. Here we were, removed from the world below us, the river monotonously uneventful on its surface and in its flow, and yet alive in its profundity of dark watery secrets with an unknown turbulence. The streets below occasioned with a vehicle and sole pedestrian oblivious to the massive national crisis being contemplated by we three, and with a brimming tumbler of gin and concentrated Greenwich grass-spiced absinthe, we were freshly reinvigorated to undertake, resolve, and, if necessary, keep a few mouths permanently shut this new self-commissioned and potentially disastrous mission of Crabtree. This was our path.